Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts Nearing the end of the year, 2022. Our thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, video games, anime, music, hip-hop, R&B. This week, a variety of subjects, including the new God of War Ragnarok. Dun, dun, dun. And also some games that came out a full ass year ago, like Resident yeah, Evil 3 Remake, yeah. which I have Stuff, yeah. stuff that we Stuff that we gotta ask people about, like, why are you doing that? You know, like, <laughs> stuff like that. That's what we got on the table this week, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, we were texting back and forth, the two of us talking, you and I, I and you, us, about yeah. video games that we've been playing in the recent past. Uh, one experience that you have decided that you are just, you just, I just don't have it. I just can't. I just can't do it, man. Like, there's just no way is God of War. And I am willing to allow you to vicariously live the experience yes. of the return um, to, to you know, Norway and Norse mythology, um, you know, that, 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 that happened uh, this, this, this past uh, second week of November. Like, I kind of beat it in three days. The story is actually kind of short. But there's a lot of world to explore, much more than in the first one, it feels like. You know what it is, listeners, just so listeners understand why Micah played God of War and why I'm interested in hearing his thoughts about it, but why I particularly haven't played it. There's a couple of things. One, I'm interested, like God of War is interesting to me. I have nothing against it. It is, I will say, listeners, and this is me being vulnerable, right? So like, just listen, hear me out. God of War is almost a little too mask. A little too masculine for me. As kind of no, okay. So like, there is absolutely that's absolutely one thousand percent true. I actually so one of my best friends from school, um, TJ, like he like was a bit of a keyboard warrior and had beef with David Jaff. 
on like forums, like when he was in high school and shit, and like has and has not touched God of War for similar reasons. It's just kind of like it's too, you know, um, like guitar, like you know, metal rock guitar yeah. solo. I'm yeah. gonna sleep with the concubines because yeah. that's what gods do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna drink all the wine because that's what gods do. I'm gonna rip Helios's head off. <laughs> Cause that's what gods do. Like that's what that's what God of War is like. It's yes. like it's very you nailed it. And I think very like a stark contrast between that experience of like the first couple of games, like the first trilogy, maybe, and like the PSP ports. Um, even the PSP ports, like you know, like you actually meet like Kratos's daughter Calliope, and like he's given a measure of humanity that he doesn't have. That's actually. In that video that I referenced um, a couple of episodes ago, Untangling God of War, like that as, you know, a, a primary source from the story of God of War is used before like second and third installments in the, ma- in the major console um, series, like two and three. Like uh, the Chains of Olympus and whatever the other one is that's on PSP coming because it's like that's the first time that you see him do human stuff, really. Um, otherwise, it is like, you know, this chest thumping story of I was tricked by the gods into killing my family because I was a Spartan warlord and I vowed revenge and it, you know, led to me killing the entire Greek pantheon and, you know, uh, that's that's what the original that's what the original god of war is you know like boobies blood beheadings um like the sort of like forceful brash arrogance um like is what the character is defined by and but what's the what's the gameplay like? i think i i've never really had a chance like the, gameplay, the gameplay is just is like. very like so they actually um an object lesson of what the gameplay is like is that one of the popular things that is back in God of War Ragnarok, that was there in the first of the God of War reboots in 2018, but like a popular mechanic in the game is called juggling because the way that like Kratos' weapons are made, like they're the, cha- the, the chains, um, it's it's probably telling that I can't remember now if it's the chains of Olympus or the chains of Hades, but like the blades of war, the blades of chaos are his weapons and they are linked by like chains that defy the laws of physics, but they basically allow the blades to go out and return to Kratos's hand. But it's grisly, like the chains are like extreme with three X's and like they're burned into his skin and wrapped around like gauntlets. Um... And the way that, like, he does a lot of, like, spinning movements and twirling the things around and whipping. It's like a, it's sort of like the whip from Castlevania plus, like, really grisly serrated blades on the end in both hands is what he has. Um, And the way that it works on different enemies, maybe, like, the lighter enemies is, like, you can reach out, plunge the blade into somebody, yank them closer to you, and then you 
volley them back up into the air, and then you yeah, okay. the head the like the heavy attacks are can like allow you as you're getting your combos off to keep juggling these characters in the air until like you know they are no more until they oh, are fine bloody red. That's some god yeah. hand shit. Okay, maybe yeah. I won't like this. Yeah, all right. Um, and like. I can't really speak to the diff, like, you know, how difficult the game, the earlier games really were. I didn't really have much trouble progressing through them, although, like, my reaction time was much faster and I had fewer things to do. Um, like, I think that the 2018 reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it, from critics, myself included, like, blocking became like more of a necessary thing like you kind of like couldn't survive without it much less much more so like blocking in god of war specifically felt cowardly that's what the combat in god war is like in the original trilogy yeah see that's that's a video game principle with me it's like i like to do coward shit bro so it's like god of war is too masked too aggressive. I don't know what I'm saying about myself. This goes back to what we said. I mean, it's I've also said like the difference between the way that we played Elden Ring too. It's yeah, just like, I, yeah, like, good point. That's you were like, because you were like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, I beat it, like, you know, weeks ago. Bitch. I did, yeah, it's just like I was just been standing around flinging asteroids at people. Yeah, and I, and I was just like, well. You know, and then, <laughs> you know, four months later, here I come with two katanas and I'm just like, I did it covered in blood. <laughs> that's it. That's like, I, and the thing is that like, I refuse to beat the game any other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I feel it. I feel it. Uh, I oh. love some coward shit. It also, but like, it also goes back to like that. The old thing I always say about my origin story with anime, where it's like all my friends were into Dragon Ball Z. I was like, nah. Sailor Moon, though, it's kind of like that is the sensibility we're talking about, about why. Mm-hmm. Or even, you know what, to take another thing, that a uh, game that came out recently was like Bayonetta 3. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like I was like, like in the divide between Devil May Cry and Bayonetta is like, I mean, Devil May Cry is cool. I only played the most recent one. I played five, but like Bayonetta, like that's my shit, right? Like the... This sort of drag influenced, yeah, like glasses witch, <laughs> like and slash you know, thing is like that's my d- well. I mean, like Devil May Cry is also only ever queer by accident, you know. Yeah, like, it's yeah. very, you know. Or so it's Bayonetta, but yeah, yeah to a different but effect, like yeah. to a different effect, like. But anyway, what we're saying about like God of War being too mask, right? Um, for me, not, I'm not saying in general, but like for me, no, yeah, but I, no, yeah. but like it's a, it's a fair, like it's a fair criticism to like, because I think a big thing, like when God of War came back out in 2018, was like kind of critic, like critics finding like ways to write, like really, <clears throat> like there were a lot of beautiful essays about like God God of War when it first came back out because it, yeah, it was like a lot of like it was a simple story about like grief that yeah. like confronted people like people were like allowed to find themselves in it in a way that you couldn't like the mask thing you're describing like oh and don't you have a kid like, in that game too in, in yeah exactly 20- yeah, that's like yeah it's just like you know as a father of sons you ah! have to literally chill out like in the in this in this new one but like a pointed like way of illustrating that might be like okay 
Like the Helios ripping head off thing that I'm talking about. Like, I think I might have written about this on the ringer at one point. Like, one of as as one of the more unforgivable things that Kratos has done in his lifetime. If you find like YouTube countdowns of like wild shit that Kratos has done, this would be near the top is like to get a lantern, basically. Like in the I think it might have been maybe it was the second game, maybe it was the third game. I don't really remember. You um basically you kill the Greek god of the sun. Like you like you kill um like you kill Helios by shooting down his chariot as you're like, you know, passing through this level or whatever, fighting different Anubis type, Cerebus type weird stuff, whatever. You come to this one platform where you finally use a giant trebuchet to shoot down Helios and you come across him like across the map, crashed and like, you know, disabled like he's 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 disabled from the waist down like helpless and talking about how like you know olympus will have such revenges on you for what you've done and all your transgressions and nobody loves you and you're a poison and blah 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 and then you rip like you rip his head clean off like i mean it is like you tap the left and right bumpers until you rip his head off and then that's your lantern for the rest of the game so by contrast in the God of War reboot, you and your son Atreus are going up to the highest peak in all the realms to scatter the ashes of your late wife. That's the beginning of, of, of God of War 2018. In the process of doing this, you and your son are climbing a peak and talking to each other. But like, really, he's just talking and you're just grunting. And like, you come across two of Thor's sons um, interrogating like this uh, like this man with horns that's like bound to a tree and you wait until they clear off and then you like you talk to the man with horns and you end up saving him he needs to be saved by severing his head like it's just like I can't move around but you can cut my head off and take me to Freya, the woodland witch, and she'll like reanimate my head with magic and I'll help you on your quest, blah, 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 blah. Basically, your new lantern. But also, like in the second game, it comes to bear like your best friend, like in these new, in these new sets of games. But the way that it's done is very like, oh, like taking his head off is a matter of fact. And the camera actually pans away as you hear the the axe fall. And you know, it's very like, you know, I th I'm pretty sure Kratos says like, you know, look away, boy, like kind of shit, you know, like it's very, it's much more measured. And I think that a big thing in God of War Ragnarok, which came out um, the second week of November, like the big moments that I remember from playing it now, because I think I beat it maybe like I beat it a while, uh, like a week ago now things that still stand out are the quieter moments where you see like Kratos's personal growth, like as his generosity, like the space that he has for other people begins to open up in a really, like, I can't believe I'm saying this about yeah, like, know, a character that I watched. 
<laughs> like do all these other things, Eviscerate, but it's like you yeah. kind of like you have you have no choice but to talk about them in this way now, you know, yeah. which I think is the real trick of the game. Yeah, you know, it's funny what you're describing. Um, I feel like in general with with you know, let's say single player narrative driven video games or like the past decade, there has been that kind of rise of the kind of dad core. <laughs> narrative right like the last of us starts this right because that's like a like, game where you yeah know, it's like where shit. where you get to the third act and you're saying you're proud of the character <laughs> like you know yeah like joel and ellie kratos like and i don't know i feel like after a point it became kind of fashionable to make fun of that or sort of like side eye you know these kind of middle-aged senior video game developers being like i'm gonna I'm going to start writing games like I'm a dad who just started going to therapy. But like, I actually think that a lot of that stuff has, has like worked out <laughs> pretty well. Like, I don't know. I, I was, I was replaying like resident evil village recently. And, mm -hmm. and your character in that is like a loving husband and father. And that just <laughs> by the eighth game becomes like, he's introduced in the seventh game, but it, but in village, it just becomes such a, a dad core adventure where it's like first person. And you're constantly staring at this guy's wedding ring as his hand <laughs> gets chopped off and reattached repeatedly throughout the course of gameplay. And like that sentiment, right? That, that sort of weird mix of like grotesque video game shit but also the romanticization of as a father of a son type beat, you know, <laughs> like that's a real thing in video games. And I, I kind of respect it. I respect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, like, it's also kind of helped along by the performances. Like, you know, Christopher Judge does an amazing job of like in both games, one of in the first of, showing like all these technicolor shades of frustration just like by a, like by the way that like one word answers come out or the way that yeah. like grunts happen or whatever and you know like when one word answers become one sentence answers it feels like watershed moment you know yeah yeah that's a good way like, to put that yeah and the second game is really helped along by the fact that Sonny Suljic who plays Atreus, his son, or vo plays is correct, honestly, because it's like mocap and voice acting. Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think you, well, listeners might remember him from mid nineties. Uh, like, you know, he was the, the main kid in there. He's also a professional skateboarder. You know, he's having an interesting life so far, but anyway, like he was, he was, you know, the age that Atreus was in the first game, and he's the Atre age that Atreus is in the second game. And, like, his voice also matured with that. Like, and it lends to, it lends itself to the kinds of finer plot points around the kind of overconfidence that, you know, like, you feel, like, in, you know, your you know past when you're getting past your tween years and your voice is deepening and you think that you know stuff you know like it's like it's all that stuff is really well done in the game yeah um i think that like i'm thinking specifically of this one moment um 
And I mean, like, I like you know, spoilers for those about to come, but not real spoilers because, like, I'm sure that you know now that like you get to play as, um, you get to play as Atreus for a little while, like in the game, like, and there's this one moment where. Like the way that you basically gather loot in in God of War is by smashing like treasure boxes or like moving really heavy stone sarcophaguses open to like you know take stuff like things that like normal mortals couldn't do and it would hurt if you did that like type stuff. But Atreus sees his dad do it all the time when you're playing as the main character. So when he goes off on his own, he attempts to like smash a treasure box with his fist and the and like the animation is really funny because he slams his fist into it and then starts shaking and he's like, ow, and turns towards the camera. And it's like a really, there's sweet notes like that in it. And by turns, also like really gut-wrenching moments in the game too, uh, which you will, I guess you won't ever know about charity, but like, you know, you can watch it on YouTube, you know, like it, it's, I'm sure like it's, they'll, they'll have one of those stitched together three hour and 20 minute videos of all cutscenes, no commentary type thing. <laughs> you can watch it while you're cleaning your house or something, you know, if yeah. you're not going to play it. I mean, and you know, I do that. You know, like most of the, I don't watch Which is why I suggested it. I watch YouTube. Yeah, exactly. no, for real. For real. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You have goals. Reach them fast with IU Online's accelerated degree programs. Our six and eight week courses are taught 100% online and can fit any schedule. Advance your career with a bachelor's in mathematics it only takes 10 minutes to apply. Earn an Indiana University degree that's valued around the world. Get started today at IU Online. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. On this point, right? Like, I should have, I should have, I failed listeners by not playing God of War. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, this is, it's basically the time of year every year where it's dark outside super early that I, I revert forms, right? I go from being a person who's like, let me play the Saints Row reboot. Let me play the latest games that are out. Let me play Elden Ring to let me play a handful of games that I have played 30 times in my life already, right? And it's like, you know, I was like in Mexico, I was in Wisconsin, and I came back. Like I said, I could have been playing God of War. I was playing Bayonetta 3 on the road. I like Bayonetta 3 so far. I won't say anything definitive about it yet because I haven't finished it yet. Uh, Justin Davis, J5, who I know listening to this podcast, tried to make me feel bad for liking it. I like Bayonetta 3 so far. However, you know, TBD, full, full analysis. But like, I, I just felt this urge to re-download Resident Evil Village the Resident Evil 2 remake <laughs> and the Resident Evil 3 remake, right? <laughs> and you might think this is this is 
this is a month's worth worth of gaming that you've downloaded. Like, wow, how far along are you? Let me tell I've beat these multiple times. I know these games like the back of my hand because every year this is what I, I mean, RE3 Remake came out like last year, right? But it's like, I have those games that it's just like, once the holidays happen, like I already know them like the back of my hand. And always what I do is I'm like, yo, let me play Resident Evil 3 Remake on Inferno difficulty. Not hardcore, not nightmare, Inferno, you know? Just like, just masochist hours, right? Masochist hours. I live with my wife, I want you to, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't be living like this anymore, but it happens, okay? We all relapse. I mean, like, paint a picture for me. Like, Like, you know, like, how did the, like, what is the... Is this just like you are, I mean, pure darkness curtains drawn zoned out type like I'm beating Inferno or is this casual like this is just I'm walking by and snacking on this as I do other things. Yeah, it's that is the the, latter, right? Because it's like, it's not even that hard. It's like, I think the appeal of it too, and maybe this is why it's Resident Evil specifically, because like Resident Evil games aren't particularly long generally, right? Like if anything, I think Resident Evil is like a franchise that people don't know, right? Like it's, it's zombies, shoot zombies, bioweapons, incredibly stupid lore. Franchise been running since 96. I've been playing the game since 98, right? But it's like Resident Evil, the games aren't super long, right? Because they're meant to be, they're largely meant to be replayed like pretty easily. They're often packaged in a way that, like, there are a lot of rewards for replaying them. There are tweaks to it if you replay it on different di- difficulties or as different characters, stuff like that. So they're the perfect kind of games to just sort of be like, I already know how to get around the police station in RE2. I know how to get around the mansion in 1. And so you can kind of just, like, it's just like a good muscle memory. It's like going to the gym. You know what I mean? Like Resident Evil games are like the video game equivalent of like, yeah, let me get some, you know, let me get some sets in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like with puzzles as opposed to exercise, right? You're just doing like these puzzles that are, they're not like the most difficult puzzles of all time, but they're these like really kind of quirky environmental puzzles. You're remembering how not to get bit by by these three zombies in this hallway that are spread out in this way. And if you run this way down the hall, you know, it's that kind of shit, man. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like I need to use this ammo in it's this min-maxing. hallway so that yeah, I have this min-maxing. Left. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's exactly mm-hmm. that. And it's the fact that, like, I don't know, you would think because Resident Evil are horror action, I guess is how I'd put it at this point, like start a survival horror, right? Where the point of those games is like spooky atmosphere, but they've always had a kind of like action movie flair to them. And really the tension is about how do you manage your resources so you can survive and keep fighting off zombies while you're in this really closed off environment. And like, again, I've been playing these games since like 98 and I'm a grown ass man. And yet like, I'm still scared shitless playing Resident Evil 7. You know what I mean? That's the one that's set in Louisiana. I don't know if you ever played it. Um, I I never have actually. Don't play because you go you gonna be like this is not true to Louisiana. You in a house, you in a house, and it's got a basement. And that's the first thing. It's like oh, it's not in Louisiana. It's got a basement, but <laughs> a house um, with a basement. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about the holiday season where it's like that's my comfort shit. You know what I mean? Some people, some people like to watch soul food 
I like to replay The Evil Within and like four <laughs> different Resident Evil games. I, I was juggling four, you know, because I forgot. I also redownloaded. Uh, I think this all came about this time because I was like, oh, they're remaking Resident Evil 4, right? They Capcom announced it like a while ago. That shit's coming out in March, but it's just like, I think the first one I downloaded again was Resident Evil 4, and I started playing that on like professional difficulty until I realized that like that game, I probably played like 60 times. I really can't. That game is just boring to me. I love that game. Like greatest game of all time, maybe, but like that game I've, I've, I have beaten as the proverbial dead horse, but it's like, I don't know, man. Just fucking playing horror games during the dark months is like, it's just the itch. Damn. You know, it's scratching the yeah. itch. Yeah. And it distracts I... me from the shit. Like, God, it distracts me from the new shit, right? Like, I'm one of the, I become one of those people that just listens to the same, like, five albums over and over again. Yeah, I'd be like, games. you know, hey, did you listen to the Two Million Up remix? You know, like, PZ got, like, everybody on there you're like nah man i'm listening to the hyperlight drifter soundtrack right now yeah nah i was listening to the, the katie perry bon appetit <laughs> <laughs> oh man that made me sad after i laughed yeah. but anyway like yeah. uh yeah yeah i mean like i do understand that thing that you're describing because i mean like honestly uh, i know that we talked about it a couple episodes ago but like, I really went back and I got caught up on the new season of Bleach now that, like, a couple of the episodes mm-hmm. have actually come out. And, yeah. um, like, the most recent episode, I know I said before that it was the coolest that Bleach has ever looked, but, like, it is... You remember how... Like, you remember going to see Star Wars The Last Jedi in the theater, like, the first time? And like the f- when uh, Laura Dern uh, turns the salvage ship around and starts jumping to hyperspace, and then she splits the star, dro- star destroyer in half. Yeah, and the entire oh, yeah. screen goes black and white, and the whole it's silent. Yeah, everybody gasped, and like because yeah. it was it was like it was left there to create the like you know this deafening silence of absence. Like there's like four moments like that in the most recent episode of Bleach because. Um, I think I was talking about, I think I already described to you like what the soul society is and like, you know, who the soul reapers are. It's teens do exorcisms with swords. Um, there's like a, there's, there's a big, there's a big society in the sky that has a whole big police precinct type of structure to it. And there are, you know, several different court guards. And on top of that, is this guy named Old Man Ginryuside, like this bald dude with like scars on his face and a giant white goatee, and he's missing an arm, and he carries around a cane, and he never like really, you know, like he he never uses five words when three will do, and he doesn't like repeat himself, and he barely ever stands up, you know what I mean? Like throughout ten seasons of television, and then you come to this two or three episode arc where it's him squaring off against the Quincy King. And it is the, like, it's, he's not only did he stand up, he's pissed and moving around and fighting like it and saying stuff like it. And it's so cool. Okay. Wait, who is the Quincy King? Explain this. Explain a little bit. 
Um, okay. Um, was from where? What? What? Which part are you confused about? The Quincy King, like yeah. being a thing. Okay, so yeah. the Quincys are a like rebel alliance of like soul cops, basically the same way that the Soul Reapers are, except they they're like the more traditional. Like it's like a city styled after like Edo period Japan type shit and. Like the Quincy's all dressed like um, lieutenants in a Western European military like installation. Like, and they are like, we should kill all of the hollows. We shouldn't try to rescue any of them. Like, which would upset like the balance of souls in the universe and cause the spirit and real worlds to merge, blah, 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 blah. They would bring about the destruction of everything because of their zero-sum policy to wayward souls. Um, the soul Wait, reapers are supposed but to be But can I like, say real quick, just as somebody who has no context for Bleach, you said soul cops and said that, and I was like, damn, that sounds kind of fire, but also potentially kind of problematic. Are we defunding exactly. the soul exactly. cops? Like, like it's, I don't know. It's like, Which kind of cops? No, we're just letting them kill Who's each cops? other now. Who's streets? We're, we're now letting them just kill each other away from Earth. That's what's going on. Like, so it's like, we don't even have to think about, we don't even have to think about that. We're just going to see what happens after everybody kills each other. <laughs> it's basically people exercising, like the, like the title of this arc says, The Thousand Year Blood War. It's people exercising thousand year old beef. That's it. Like it's Damn. no, there's no real, like, I can't tell you what the, like the actual backstory of like the beef between the soul society and the Quincy's is just that mm -hmm. they are natural enemies because I didn't read the bleach comics. Okay. And this isn't okay. something that I think was, maybe it was adequately explained in earlier seasons. If you watch bleach like that and you know, yeah. like you can, you can email us about it. However, even just like as a standalone, you know, two old men like getting uh, like, you know, getting up one last time to really like, yo, like I like I need to it's it's like I was telling you before, it's kind of like the the Gucci Jeezy beef where it's just kind of <laughs> like, come on, man, that was 20 years ago. And he's like, it's been 15. Yeah. Like it's that sort of energy. Um and it's exhilarating every time. Like, it's just every time that you have that sort of um, old pillar of power in, like, the world that never has to draw his sword, then has to draw it against his mortal enemy type shit, you know it's mm. going to be amazing. And then yep. the way that it an it's animated is, like, it's... Seriously, some of the coolest stuff I've seen this year. Um, yeah. yeah. You said um, exercising thousand year old put Ghostface in bleach. This sounds like some ghostface shit. Does Ghostface watch bleach? I mean, you know, like oh it's there. I can't even like going into like how like how Ghostface, like Gary Usain, gets in these last two episodes would require even more explanation than I've had to do already, <laughs> which would, you know, be like, I, I mean, like, I'm sure that people that are 
you know, on the Bleach fandom wiki and know about this <laughs> stuff and have read about it are just pulling their hair out right now. But like, even if you don't know those things, like just watching it as a spectacle, it's just incredible. I might check out Bleach then. All right. Okay. All right, bet. Um, I, it's, it's like, I think I resolved to check it out before we, we, we talked about it on the pod, but it's like, I'm just all behind on anime shit too. It's like, Bleach, I gotta check out. I still have to watch the women's golf anime that I keep mentioning that I hope other people will watch and then email me about to make me get around to watching it sooner. But yeah, um, Bleach, Birdie Wing, God yeah. of War, I gotta get around to that. But that's all happening after I, I beat RE3 Remake on Inferno. <laughs> you know, just to stick a pin on what I was saying about how you scratch an itch with a certain kind of game and a certain kind of year. By the way, my playlist. Okay, I'm gonna give you my my spooky season through, you know, Groundhog Day playlist. It's it's like basically any Resident Evil game except Resident Evil Five because fuck that game. Uh, the Evil Within one, but not two. Alien Isolation. Uh, that's the main Justin Charity spooky spooky season playlist, right? But it's like I was watching. Uh, yesterday is a speedrunner Bakba Soup, right? And Bakba Soup is one of the Resident Evil speedrunners. And he speedruns like a lot of different Resident Evil games. I think mainly I've seen him speedrun um, like Resident Evil 2 Remake and the original Resident Evil 3, right? And I, I hate the original Resident Evil 3. I don't like that game very much, but Bok hates the Resident Evil 3 Remake. Right, he just doesn't like it. A lot of a lot of Resident Evil fans are just like, ah, this isn't a good remake, blah, 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 right? And yesterday I had on in the background, I had on this like six hour video of Bakba Soup being like, this is my review of Resident Evil 3 <laughs> remake. And he's like playing through the game. He's like for six hours, just straight up just like dunking on this game constantly. But then you sort of, he's, he's like talking so much shit about it, but then you watch him play it and you, you're just like, this dude knows this game in it. Like as much as he hates this shit, like even this game, like, he knows like the back of his hand. He does the final boss fight on an, on like a hard difficulty without even thinking about. It. He's like talking over it. It's just like is that is that kind of flow? You just get in that kind of flow where you're like, I don't even like this shit, and I'm a master <laughs> of this shit. That's where he, that's where my head goes, man. At this time of year, that's all I'm trying to explain. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, Uh-oh. yeah. But yes, I, I got to finish Bayonetta 3 so I can talk about it on this podcast at some point. I got to get into God of War. I got to defer to Micah's interests and taste. I will play God of War eventually. Um, if Elden Ring could win me over this year, anything could win me over. I'm being open-minded going into 2023. Uh, for now, though, listeners, feedback, future mailbag episodes, whatever, whatever. Email us. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. Email us about God of War. Email us about the end of Atlanta. We never talked about like the end of Atlanta. I wrote about it. Please go read my piece on the site about Atlanta. But Atlanta, Bayonetta 3, Resident Evil, whatever. Email us. The holidays. What holiday-themed episodes should we do? I don't even know. I haven't thought about it that hard. 
Mike, do you got anything else? No, man. Just, you know, email us your questions because we do want to do a mailbag episode. You know, we're going to do some, we're going to do some year and stuff. Um, like, yeah, you know, what's on your mind? What do you want us, what do you, what would you like us to talk about to close out? What do you want us to talk about? Exactly. Uh, Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness. Yay, nay. Email us. Sound Joe Biden's. Pod. Joe Biden's. Uh, sound only pod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. Let's go.